And we are live on a Tuesday night, all in on high school sports. Kurt Valenti, Jennifer Valenti, how are you? Good, good evening. Hello, everyone. We're getting a couple hellos tonight already. Uh, <laughs> a good evening from Southern Maryland from our friend, Mr. Kirkpatrick. Hello, Mr. Kirkpatrick. And Coach Breslin answered him back by saying, good evening from Hawthorne. <laughs> and good evening, Coach Breslin. Um, so how's everything? How are you? Good, 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 good. Um, big show on tap tonight. Yep, as always. Uh, before we start the show, I'd just like to say um, on a not a great note, um, and we're going to get into this more tomorrow, but um, one of our great friends, uh, Mr. Michael Briggs, passed away. And um, tomorrow night on our K&K Sports Show, we're going to bring it back to K&K Sports Show slash Briggsion Sports. <clears throat> um, we're going to get a tribute to Mr. Briggs tomorrow night. So um, please, everyone, uh, join in. We're going to have a great tribute to him tomorrow, tell some great stories. And um, again, so we just want to dedicate that to him. I want to get that out a little bit tonight and, and a lot more about that tomorrow. Yes, people in the audience might not be aware. He was the, uh, what is now the K&K. &K. You and him did originally start on the I-95 Sports Network, which was all radio at the time, mm -hmm. right? So, um, and you guys were the originators of that Briggsy on Sports. And he did do all in with you uh, when it first came to be, you know, a last football season yeah we had the first um interview with coach santa coach mm -hmm. from garfield we did a couple things at garfield high school with them and uh again it was great and um i'm gonna be honest tomorrow looking forward to tomorrow night celebrating uh mr briggs it's the uh, the perfect venue he was a lover of sports one of your dearest friends and it'll be um nice to pay tribute to him for so sure. again please uh join us tomorrow night eight o'clock our regular k and k sports show is going to be a K&K &K sports show slash Briggsy on sports, but um, it's basically a dedication and a tribute to Michael Briggs tomorrow night. So what do we got on the uh, agenda tonight? So tonight we will welcome the um, new, new Milford football coach, Don Jaconia. If I'm mispronouncing his name, I apologize. I will get the correct pronunciation once we welcome him in. And then we will also be joined by Nick Delahanty from Garfield High School. He is the Garfield varsity bowling coach, and uh, he's a three-sport coach, so he's also the assistant. He does it all. He does do he it does all. It he all. does do it. He really, actually, we'll find out even more what he does uh, when we speak with him. He does do it all. And uh, assistant girls volleyball coach and the freshman girls softball coach so busy guy yep <laughs> uh, as always if there are any athletes or programs that you would like to see highlighted please reach out to us among uh at one of our many social media links at the bottom of the screen there we we love to give exposure to as many programs and as many athletes as possible yes. so um we're always looking for guests uh new guests people we know don't know uh we just love to get them on and hear yep. about their their programs and their athletes we got a couple people uh lined up for the next couple of weeks mm -hmm. but uh again we may be you know going a little three people on in a week so uh we, you know we want to get as many people as we can and uh like you said get the exposure and uh, just get the good word out. So, uh, another, I want to give a shout out to Coach Breslin. Um, also, uh, I don't have my sweatshirt on today, but uh, uh, with his apparel, um, awesome job uh, working on stuff. We're going to get some stuff for K&K. &K. We're going to get some stuff for All In. Um, I know he's working something for you because, of course, I like the big, uh, you know, <laughs> the what big, is it? Uh, uh, logos. The logos. Yeah. You like the little like ones, so of course one. he has to do that. 
we um, gotta give him double the work. Rob oh, Neely well, saying funny. a good evening from the city from Garfield, the city of champions. Well, it's funny because I was gonna segue in that we need to give another shout out to Rob Neely and his smoky beard cooks. That uh, I'm so glad you're watching, Ron, because tonight I made chicken and I was a little hesitant to use my espresso rub. I wanted to contact him actually with some tips on just how much I'm supposed to use. So I just stuck with my garlic powder and chili powder and, and olive oil. But I wanted to, I was, I thought of him and I contemplated reaching out. But uh, and I got to, I, 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 I need I've some been, tips on just how, I, how to use the rub. My Instagram feed is basically the smoky beer feed. <laughs> I mean, he's just constantly, I'm cooking this, I'm cooking that, I'm cooking this. So. And he did a phenomenal job oh. on uh, oh the K and K oh my god week. we we cleaned out the um and the, the food, wings of was phenomenal. the wings yeah. the pretzels yeah. the uh, the little pretzel bites for, for days. <laughs> um, uh, Neely's also saying you should have hoops I'm always on call oh, I will next time Neely <laughs> just you may regret that um, Coach Brazen saying all in on high school sports are going to be green shirts for Ramapa. <laughs> And Coach Sis has the best comment of the night, Mr. Sis. Oh, I see it there. Nice cut. You know what? This haircut was so bad. I mean, when I'm in a barbershop, honestly, I'm probably in zip, zip, well, you know. about four minutes. Yeah. I was in there 40 minutes. It was terrible, but a great job yeah. by the girls. They do a great job there. And uh, I'm going to be long. honest. I'm going to. I'm going to. What this is going to do is going to get me back to the, and every on two weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be because it's. I feel like a new person. So, uh, um, again, so. Can we bring our first Yeah, absolutely. In? Let's talk right, a little let football. Me, let me grab Coach here. Why not? Let's talk a little football. Yeah, but nearly, I mean, unbelievable. Again, all the stuff you see him doing, it's it's phenomenal. There's Coach is joining us. I see he's still connecting. Hi, Coach. How are you? Great. How are you guys doing? Thanks Good. for having me on. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Coach, before I formally introduce you, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. Jaconia? Sure, you got it perfectly. Wow. All right. Phew. Because <laughs> I've already said it about twice. So Coach, she's probably on a 20% rate. She, you know, two out of, you know, two out of five, three out of, you know, whatever. She, she, every time she does it, I, I, that, honestly, but she's the one that'll do it. I want her to screw up the name, not me. Yeah, that, that's Well done. Well done, Jaconia. <laughs> Thank correct. you. Thank you, Coach, for joining us. Welcome. I appreciate it. And uh, newly hired as the varsity football coach at New Milford, uh, formerly serving as an assistant there under the uh, former coach and his coaching staff, and also uh served on the staff at Dwight Morrow High School. So welcome coach and congratulations on your new position. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Uh coach, I'll start with you. Uh you've been an assistant at New Milford. So I guess two part question. What do you um like how do you see the adjustment to becoming a as a head coach? One, just becoming a head coach and two, is it a little easier transition because you obviously know the program, you're there with them, you know the kids. Has that been a little easy transition for you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was talking to a friend the other day and, and we were talking about how, you know, to, to be a head coach for the first time, you, you just have to jump in and do it. You know, there's, a, there's an element of, you know, you're never prepared unless you're, until you're in that position. So, you know, I, I just need to assess the things that need to be done and, and work to make sure those things are happening um definitely um it was beneficial to have been on the staff this past year because uh, i hadn't been on the staff full time for a while uh but i had an opportunity opportunity to rejoin coach Wild's staff this past year so it was very important for continuity of the program and um relationships with the kids especially 
in in this situation. Uh, you know, we had we had the COVID season. This is probably going to be the post-COVID season, um, and I think it's it's really a tool and an asset to be able to have some experience with the players and with the system and with the you know the the people who are involved in order to have that that smooth transition from um, you know Coach Wilds. Uh, time at New Milford to, to mine. Uh, speaking of Coach Wild, uh, he's been had some pretty consistent winning records, especially since 2015. They've had a lot of seven and three seasons, eight and three seasons. So how do you plan on maintaining that winning tradition now that you're at the helm of the program? Well, well, you know, Co Coach Wild did a tremendous job in his time at New Milford. And, you know, he's, he's uh, always about attitude, you know, and toughness. And that's something that, that, you know, we're, we're going to hold on to at New Milford. Um, you know, you, you watch the Coach Wild teams over the past, you know, for as long as he, he had been there. Uh, those kids always always played hard, right? They played their tails off for him. And uh, that's because the, the, the people of New Milford are, are, are tough, hardworking people. They love football. These kids love football. They want to get better. Um, you know, so so we're going to we're going to try to keep that that hard-nosed attitude and, you know, you show up and go to work and get better every day. Uh, I got a couple comments coming in. Coach Siciliano is asking if it's Coach Wild from Hackensack. So that is the same Coach Wild we're talking about, correct, Coach? That's, that's correct. That's correct. <laughs> and uh, Neely's coming up asking a question, but I'm going to hold off because that's one of my rapid fires for Coach. Oh, so nice. I'm going to hold <laughs> off on that. But, uh, Coach, you kind of answered, I guess, part of my next question um, but, and again, we don't want to give out secrets here and no scouting reports, but I guess in general, like what kind of style of play do you guys want to have on, on the offense and defense? You already mentioned the, the tough physical, um, aspect of the team. So I'm assuming that's probably first and foremost, what you want to keep. I, I, I mean, being, being tough and being physical, doesn't matter what brand of football you play. You have to do that or else you're not going to be successful. You know, if, if you're spread five wides and throwing the ball every play, you, you still got to be, yep. you know, still got to block and tackle no matter what it is. Um, so, you know, this, this year we might, just based on our personnel, we might have to adapt a little bit and, uh, you know, spread things out a little bit more just because our person our personnel dictates that, that style of play. Um, you know, because you have to, you have to be honest with yourself, evaluating your, your, your talent and your team. Uh, you know, we graduated four or five starting offensive linemen, but we have some great guys at the skill positions coming back. You know, so we have, if, if we don't give those guys a chance to, to help us win games, then, then it's a disservice. So we have to find ways to get those guys the ball. You know, um, it might be a little bit more unconventional from, from what we've done at New Milford in the past. But, um, you know, we're, we're going to try and we're going to assess our talent and, and find the best ways to, to be successful for sure. Coach, if I don't, we got to go off agenda. It's just something <laughs> I do all the time. But sure. I, um, again, you made another great point. And I guess my question is, so it sounds like you're a believer of, and it's a topic we've had on with other coaches. Uh, you know, Jen and I, both former coaches, we talk about it all the time. But it seems like you're big on the, you know, of course you have, somewhat of your system but you know you know are you a believer of you have to adapt to what you have first as opposed to those kids have to fit in your system it's you're going to work around of what those kids and what your kids on the team now do best sure 
Yeah, I mean, and, and I think you could do that within your system. Uh, you just have to be flexible. And, um, you know, we, we all like we all like balance. You know, we, we would love to have a, a very well balanced offense, which is which is the goal. And, you know, if, if we're in a place where um, we're developing some young linemen um, and, and we have faith that those guys are going to be great and bring us bring us a, a great measure of balance in the future, then that's great. Um, but you know we're gonna we're gonna continue to be hard nosed, find ways to run the run the football, throw the football. Um, but you also have to be flexible and be able to adapt. Mm -hmm. And you know if if a couple more pass attempts um, in a game gives us a better chance of winning, then we, we can't be afraid to to go that route um, and, and be aggressive. Nice. Coach, The uh, you kind of segued into this a little bit with your, your last question. I was wondering if you could give us a preview of the 2021 season and maybe highlight some of your returning players who will have a big role for you or even a leadership role for you. Sure. Excuse me. Well, in, in uh, you know, after the day after I, I was board approved to get the job, I had a, a Zoom meeting um, with, the, with the returning players and right during that first meeting i i announced captains because um you know i thought i thought that was a good way to to start off and those guys will lead us into the off season and into the season so i'll talk about those guys because they're they're going to be senior leaders and uh some of our better players on the team um first i'll tell you about our our one of our players uh one of our senior captains sean mastro piero uh he lined up at tailback and in the slot in certain formations uh, this past season, he, he's he's a he's a wrestler. Um, he's a competitive kid. He's a hard-nosed kid. He you know he hardly came off the field as a junior, and that's not going to change as a senior. Uh, you know he had this spectacular run against Saddlebrook that you know made to one of Huddle's top plays of the week. It got you know tens of thousands of views because it was it was that that you know electric of a run. So we expect Sean Mastro Priaro to make a lot of plays for us. Uh, this year. Uh, another player I'll mention is, is Andrew Medina, uh, who played quarterback. He was a, he was a converted wide receiver and he played his first year for quarterback, but he's the man with the ball in his hands. He's kind of a dual threat guy. He can throw the ball, run the ball. Um, this year, you know, I think he's going to have a great year because last year he didn't really have in his first year as quarterback he didn't really have the benefit of a full preseason right this the, all the summer work the seven on sevens um and all that extra time in practice in the summer you know adjusting to to transitioning from wide receiver to quarterback i think that this year hopefully we're going to have more of a, a conventional off season you know once once we're able to get back to some more normal activities and I think he's really going to benefit from playing the position and having a having a true off season. But you know, he can he can make make any throw on the field, and uh, he's also a dynamic runner. Uh, he he maybe he's probably projected to play either wide receiver or defensive back in college. He's also a great safety. Um, you know, but but for us, I think he's going to be a lot better at quarterback this this next. Uh, upcoming season um, an, another one of our other captains is, is going to be a senior wide receiver Robbie Tormo uh, he's a he's he was away from football from a couple of years but he came back to us um, 
you know, Coach Wild was chasing around the halls for, for years <laughs> because he's, he's one of the fastest kids in Berkman County. He was actually uh, out of the week as a sophomore for indoor track, and he's, um, you know, he, he flies, so he can get behind the defense and, and, and blow the top off it. So he's also a high-character kid and a, and a great student. So, um, you know, we look forward for leadership from him. And since I mentioned the three captains, I'll mention the fourth one. Uh, our one returning lineman is, is – uh, a kid named Frankie Brescia. He was our center this year. You know, this year he's going to have to play both ways, defensive tackle and center. Um, I thought he was I, – I, I coached the offensive line along with calling the offense this past year, and I'm going to continue to do that. So, you know, I worked a lot with Frankie, and, and he um, – I think from the beginning of, of practice to the end of the season, I think he's probably our most improved player. So we're looking for big things from Frankie Brescia. Very awesome. Nice. Coach, what's your thoughts? I know it's like a big topic, um, you know, in New Jersey with, with high school football the past couple of years and even this year it even got a little more. But what's your thoughts on the state's potential um, playoff format? First, I'll ask you, I guess, again, another two-part question. The first thing I love what you guys do in your, in your division, the NGIC, and uh, I was a former um, assistant at St. Mary's, and I wish they had this when we were there with how you guys do your championship winners and you do your little semifinals and you you know you pick a legit champion. So I guess question one is, what do you think of that little format that your conference does? And two, what are your thoughts on the potential of a you know really getting it down to a you know one state champion per group like all these other states uh, other states do? Sure. Sure. Well, the, the NJIC playoff is, is very exciting. Uh, one thing that it does, it, it, it makes all of our games meaningful. Um, so, you know, you, you have that, there's something at stake in the regular season. Um, and then you have that opportunity to play and get crowned as the NJIC champion, which is, it just adds another element of excitement to it. And, and so we're lucky to be a part of that. Um, in terms of the, the, the um, overall state champion, you know, I, I'm going to give you a coach's answer that, that, that we play them one at a time and whoever they tell us is on the schedule will prepare to win that game. So like, you know, throughout the years, the playoff systems have changed. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I remember when I was in high school, there, it was even smaller bracket. You, you played one game in the playoffs to get to the sectional championship and now it's expanded. And, um, you know, if, if the state if the state goes ahead and plays down to an overall champion, that's that's great. And hopefully, you know, in a couple of years from now, we'll we'll be in a position to be one of those teams. Um, but you know, you, as you say, I, I, I'd be for it um, because, you, as they say, you control what you can control, right? You see who's next, and you prepare like hell to get ready for that team. Coach, who are some of your former coaches that have influenced your coaching style? Oh well, you know I've, I've been I've been uh, lucky enough to be to be around a lot of great coaches um, throughout my days. I mean it's it, it starts it, anybody who coaches high school football it, it started you know before they were a coach when they were even played high school football or whenever it was. So um, you know I, I played at at Hackensack High School in the '90s, so I had the opportunity to play under under Coach Greg Toll um, when towards the end of his tenure there. So obviously a guy like that, you, you can't help, but, but learn from and, and, and take a lot of those lessons. Um, and you still hear that voice in your head, even, even, you know, all these years later. 
um, you know, just in terms of, of, of uh, you know, toughness and, and doing what it takes to win. So, I mean, I had a lot of great uh, coaches at Hackensack. I was, I was able to coach, I mean, play under Coach Toll and also Ralph Doss in his first year. Had some great line coaches that, that impacted me there, Bob Morris and, uh, and uh, John Iannucci and Andrew Serco, um, all, all great guys. Um, and then my first job out of college coaching was for Andrew Circle at Queen of Peace High School in, um, that would have been 03, 04, and 05. And, uh, you know, we, we had a good run there. And uh, I learned a lot about, about preparation, about how, you know, how, how the energy comes from you. Because our, our coaching staff there, they were a bunch of great guys. And they, they put their all into it. And then the kids could see you know, could see that preparation. So, you know, I learned a lot, lot there. Um, then obviously coaching under Coach Wild, um, you know, learned a lot of football in my years there because I was there for six years before I went to Dwight Morrow uh, as a coordinator under uh, Coach Barry Harris, who also was a, a great mentor and a great friend, um, as well as, as Coach Wild and, and Coach Circle, all the head coaches that I, I coached underneath. So those guys had a, a lot of impact on me for sure. Uh, a couple of comments. Coach Neal, he's asking, and you answered, where did Coach play his high school ball? So that answer was obviously Hackensack. And our guy, uh, Mr. Kip Finley, saying Lamego train when you mentioned uh, yeah. Queen of Peace. <laughs> yeah, Mike Lamego, sure. He was our, uh, he was our, our, our do-it-all do player back then. Um, you know, he, he was actually, he was a great, great football player. And, and uh, you know, he was he was the man, and in, in it would have been uh, 2004 when we won the uh, non-public Group Two state championship. Uh, so our guy uh, Eddie Sis is saying he coached at Clifton with John Iannucci his first year uh, coaching. So the coaching circle. Yeah, that's it. The coaching yeah. circle. Coach, one more thing again, just to get off uh, our agenda list. But you mentioned so you played at Hackensack, obviously. What was that? Was that what Group Four when you played? There was that. There were a Group Four, right? When you played. So right. now. You know, you see now you went to the Catholic school route um, and now you're at New Milford. So you've really seen a little of, little of everything. So but when we went, when we talk about Hackensack, the group four, and what are you guys in New Milford? You still a group one? Yes. Okay, so group one. What would you say is the difference? I mean, you, you know, would you say there's a big difference or in your opinion is football, football? You know, like... Football's football. It's, it's it's preparation. Like I've been I've been thinking about this idea that it's it's hard work, but it's not complicated work. You know, um, you, you got to put the time in. You got to prepare. You got to get bigger, stronger, uh, faster, and then and then you know have a plan, stick to the plan, and good things happen. You, you got to be willing to put the time in, and, and you, you got to sort of love the grind and embrace the grind. You got to love the weight room uh, and all those things that go into making a champion. Um, but it, it's hard work. It's not complicated work. Sometimes at a smaller school, you know, you, you might have a little different situation with numbers, um, and you might have to, to tweak what you do, uh, you know, in order to make sure you're staying healthy, those sorts of things. Like one of our biggest challenges this upcoming season is numbers with, with the COVID season this past season, our numbers were way down. So we don't have a lot of guys coming back. So we, we have, that's one thing that we have to work hard to try and get our participation back up just so, you know, we can, we can have effective practices and, and, you know, all those sorts of things that, that go into it. 
Um, but I guess the sh that was the long answer. But the short answer is, is football is football. Right. Preparation, preparation. Like, the, you know, you can you can work just as hard at 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 a group one school as you do at a parochial school, or a, you know, or a group four. I guess we have group five now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's it's just it's just getting to it, putting in the work, and you know, rolling your sleeves up and getting dirty and ready to do it. Okay. Nice, Coach. The next uh, part of our program with you is we like to do a little uh, rapid fire. I always uh -oh. preface it with these are supposed to meant to be like the fun questions, but I feel like sometimes, sometimes you get part yeah. I know we put you on the spot, I yeah. feel like, so I, I don't want to give you any false pretenses, <laughs> but it's meant to be more fun and, and, and rapid. As All right, so I'll, I'll start it yeah. off, but since Coach played I'll, I'll it, Hack, since Coach <laughs> played at Hackensack, I'm going to give him, we're going to ask him a two-parter for question okay. one. All right. Okay. What was your biggest rival? As a player at Hackensack, what was my uh, well? Who was your biggest? What team was your biggest rival? Sure, I mean there was there were a couple of years there where I didn't play on all these teams, but where Hackensack and St. Joe's went back and forth, uh, sort of beating each other up, and uh, so that was that was a good good rivalry. I think it was back in the days of the NNJIL Pacific, okay, uh, way back then. So I think it was like there was a series of probably four or five years in a row where, where, uh, you know, St. Joe's won the game one year and then Hackensack won the game the next year. And then St. Joe's won the game. So I've been on both ends of that. I've, I've played on teams that, that beat St. Joe's and, and that lost to St. Joe's as well. Okay. Um, so that, that was a good, good rivalry back then. And then how about as a coach, it doesn't have to be, you know, just your time at New Milford, just in general, who would you say has been your biggest rival, uh, in your car football coaching career? Um, I don't know if I would say my biggest rival, but I learned when I was coaching at Dwight Morrow in Englewood, um, I learned a lot from, from just playing the teams that we played. Um, you know, we, we were playing Mawa and Riverdale and uh, Westwood was also very good at the time. We had a very strong league. So just competing against those guys and, uh, you know, learning from them actually, you know, when, when I was, when I was planning an offense and I had to go play Mawa and Riverdale and, and Westwood and Ramsey, which were tremendous teams, you know, I, I, I looked at their defenses. Wow. They, they do some nice things. So I said, if I ever get a chance, I'm going to incorporate some of those yeah. things that these yeah. do, you know? So, so um, I, I think be, being a part of, um, you know, that, that league at that, at that time, um, you know, was, was impactful in terms of people who I've competed against. Okay. All right, I'm going to shift from um, rivals to memory. So mine is also a two-parter. Your favorite, um, most positive or favorite memory as a player and then as a coach. Most memorable game. Um, as a player, I guess, um, I mean, we're, we're, we're going back a ways now. But, <laughs> but uh, I mean, my, I, guess, I guess my first, Maybe my first varsity start was uh, was exciting uh, as a player, as a junior, and it would have been the 1996 season. Uh, I actually had to sit out the first game because I, I had an injured hand, but then I, you know, casted it up, and I was I, my my first game was the second game of the season. Uh, we were away at Don Bosco. I was an undersized offensive lineman, you know, but I just I just went in there and we had a we had a good night and. Uh, you know, that was exciting. Nice. Uh, as a coach, um, I guess one of the best football 
games and one of the best memories and experiences when I was an assistant, I was the offensive line, defensive line coach at New Milford in would have been 2007 um, when we played a very good Hawthorne team to go to Giants Stadium. And that was, you know, anybody who's at that game remembers that game. It was a, it was an epic sort of back and forth battle. Uh, you know, they were a great team. They were the one seed, but, you know, we just stayed the course. And, you know, that was that was one of Coach Wild's team that 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 went to the championship. Um, so that was that was an exciting game. I guess that 2007 semifinal game against against Hawthorne to go to the stadium was a good memory. All right. The next rapid fire is actually a question our friend Rob Neely in the comments asked. <laughs> and uh, great minds must think alike because I had it down too. But what's the best sandwich place near the new Milford area? The best sandwich place? Uh, there's a new place in town called Bambino's, I believe. <laughs> Bambino's. It's, um, uh, I'm going to write that down because we're going to try it. We always yeah. get new. We're right, really right on River Road. Question. Right on River Road. <laughs> okay. Uh, owned and operated by w- one of our one of our football parents, and uh, I, I actually it's it's brand new. I haven't had the chance to stop in yet, but I hear the sandwiches are are uh, are the real deal. All right, we gotta check that out. And, and if I'm if I'm getting the name wrong, I'll I'll get back to you. <laughs> and, uh, and you'll have to give them a plug if oh, I absolutely. absolutely we absolutely will. will. <laughs> All right, Coach. My next one. I'm going to go off script. Uh, it's more of Kurt's things, but I'm, I'm going to give you my original question. But I, while we were talking, I kind of formulated a different question. I'm kind of interested. But my simple question is: Nike, Under Armour, or Adidas? What's your favorite? We're in Adidas school now, so Adidas. Okay, okay. Yeah. there you go. My, my question that I changed my mind on was, um, just as we were talking, kind of made me think of it. Like, What would be your coaching mantra? You know, like the you know defense wins championships. What would be your coaching mantra? My coaching mantra? Well, it's hard to pick because there's, there's so many. There's, <laughs> there's so many things that, that, uh, that, that go through your head. Uh, you know, I have different phrases. I like fast and physical um is is one that that i come back to a lot uh and it's not necessarily that you have to be be the fastest team you know with track speed or whatever it is but you have to play fast right and and what comes with playing fast is is a result of confidence right having confidence in in what it is that you're doing understand what it is what it is that your job is and executing that job with a sense of urgency and and knowing what to do because of repetition and also you know physicality fast and physical because you have to be you know you have to be prepared for the physicality of the game or else or else you're going to find yourself out there in, in a in a sea of hurt on a friday night and uh my last one is obviously we always talk um you know about professional sports and college sports so just who are you a fan of you know nfl mlb nba college Who's some of your favorite teams? Uh, I'm actually I'm a I'm a casual I'm a casual uh, sports fan because you know I I have a six year old daughter and a and one and a half year old boy so I'm working or I'm doing my daddy duty or I'm playing <laughs> for the Milford football and, and and that's a that's about it right now uh, you know I'm a that in, as far as football goes I'll watch any football that's on TV I don't care if it's you know division two or or the national championship game i i just think it's interesting it's a fascinating game so i mean you put on any football and i'll 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 just sit down and watch it if 
given the opportunity. But that being said, I grew up a Giants fan. Um, you know, I, I pay attention to, to Rutgers football, you know, being in state. Um, I, I also attended uh, Penn State as a student, so I pay attention to them okay. uh, as well. And uh, our last rapid fire question is the most used emoji on your phone. <laughs> Thumbs up. There, there you go. go. There you go. Nice. Thumbs nice. Up. That's a good one to end on. Actually, I got one more for Coach. What's your thoughts, Coach, on the news about the girls' flag football uh, starting up in high school? I did. I, I did see that. Do, do, do you have any more information for me? There, there's there's all, I want to say it's like eight teams. Like I know Ridgewood has a team. Right? Yeah. yeah, in the spring. I want to say it's only like a league of eight. I'm not exactly yeah, sure I of. The, so. I know Ridgewood. I think is one of the teams, but um, they are going to go with it. It's this spring, and I want to say it's like eight an eight team league. I think I think that's great. You know, if that's if that's where these young student athletes want to focus their attention, uh, then then I think I think it's great. Um, you know, we're one thing we're talking about at New Milford is is making sure that that you know we're doing the right things in the football program, but we're also going to work together to try and facilitate progress in in all the sports, boys sports, girls sports. So a big part of that is um, you know. Uh, strength and conditioning and we want to make sure that that the girls have opportunities to 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 get bigger stronger faster as well um you know and improve as athletes uh so so that's you know that's one thing that i i think is great if um you know if if they work out the details of that conference or that league or however it's going to work and um, they're happy to do it. It'll be exciting. That'd be awesome. Nice. Yeah. Thank you so much, Coach, for taking time out of your evening to join us. Best of luck to you. We'd, of course, love to catch up with you come the fall. For yes, sure. definitely do something with your kids once the season starts. And uh, thank you again. We appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Coach. Have a good night. Good luck. Have a good night. Okay, so that's Coach. Yep, very nice. Yep. Best of luck to... Uh... To coach, and we do have uh, Coach Siciliano yeah. saying St. John's, let's go. <laughs> yeah, Coach, sis, they thought I said it was going to be a nine. <laughs> we do have Coach Delahanty okay, in awesome. the waiting room, so we'll bring him right in. Does that work? Absolutely. Yes. Get him in here. Hey, Coach, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? There's, there he is. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. I'll tell you this. I don't care who else comes on going forward. No one's ever going to sound good as Coach Delahanty. I was, I was just going to say. You do uh, sound the... in. You know, like we no the, way. The true podcaster. Uh... Absolutely. But Had me... to bring my A game for this. Uh, you <laughs> did, Coach. You did. Allow me to introduce you to the audience, Coach. So we have joining us Coach Nick Delahanty. He is the varsity bowling coach at Garfield High School, and he's also the assistant girls volleyball coach and freshman girls softball coach. So, welcome, coach. We could have Thank you. you on, we could have you on every uh, season, or every season <laughs> coach. Well, we have this season. So he's a returner. Oh, that's right. He is. He came on for the volleyball <laughs> yeah, already. And when we did a little roundtable going into the fall season. Yep. Thank you, coach. I, here's my first question for you. Um, and again, growing up in Garfield, um, like yourself. Uh, you started out coaching in the Little League and, and junior programs and stuff like that. Um, 
Does it mean more for you to now you're coaching, like Jen said, three sports on the high school level? Is does it mean a little more for you to be doing it in Garfield, where you're where you are? You know, you're a Garfield guy. Does it mean a little more for you to be coaching the Garfield kids in Garfield? Oh, absolutely. You know, starting with the roots, like you said, coaching at Little League, coaching at um, the Garfield Boys and Girls Club, you start to know the kids and know the town a little bit more. And then to have the opportunity to do it at the high school level, it's not only satisfying because you're giving back to your hometown and you're you're working on something that's bigger than yourself, but you're also seeing some of the kids that you coached for a very long time. Um, it's funny, but one of my current bowlers, um, actually two of them, uh, actually played different sports for me when they were growing up. So during matches, we'll sit and we'll reminisce about things and yeah, we, we joke awesome. around. And the one I, I kind of bust the one's chops because we beat them in, or they beat us in a certain game. And, you know, it just brings back good memories. So, yeah, it definitely has a, a better feeling to it to be coaching three sports in your hometown. And it feels like it just came full circle to me. Coach, wait now. I mean, you're you're – a lot younger than us, but like me, but just wait till it's another 15 years down the road when you're like in town. And like, sometimes I'll be in Garfield at a gas station. I'm like, I'll see somebody and be like, Oh my God, I had that kid as a 10 year old in little league. That kid's like 30 now, you know, like, Oh my God. Yeah. With kids. You're like, Oh my God. Like, so it's going to be just going to keep going. You know, I'm in that really weird time in life. Uh, there are certain people, my, the fellow coaches I coach with call me young and my athletes call me old. So I'm in that <laughs> middle ground. There's no two ways to look at yeah. it. Yeah, cling to it. No, That's clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, coach, um, you know, some of our audience might not be as familiar with how like high school bowling works. I was hoping you can just kind of educate us a little bit about a couple of things like um, boys and you have boys and girls on your team, I believe, uh, how the conference works. For example, I coached lacrosse, you know, starting back when it was still growing and it's still growing today so like our conference was constantly changing because not everybody had a lacrosse team so i was just wondering you know how that worked for you in the sport of bowling could you just kind of tell us a little bit about that competing as a team an individual can you can you tell us yeah absolutely so there's a it's a little complex so I'll, I'll try to keep it as <laughs> you know simple as possible so depending on which league you're in because the big north and the njic are a little bit different in nature uh depending on how many kids you have and certain things like that. There are, t there are towns that have boys programs and girls programs. Uh, give you an example. Pascag Valley has both Indian Hills. Those type of schools are able to field both type of teams where we are in the NGIC. Uh, it's co-ed. So the boys bowl, bowl with the girls and you make one team. Uh, it's varsity and JV. Your varsity for us is four members and then your JV is three and you both three games and each game counts as two points. And then at the end of the match, it accumulates to seven points. Uh, you get two points per match. And then if you win total pins. So just for an example, um, say we bowled yesterday, we bowled Manchester. We, we won the first game. We get two points. Say they win the second game. Now we're tied up. The, that third game really means something because not only do you want the points for that third game, but you want it for total pins. And then those points get accumulated. So it's not just like, oh, you're 1-0 against your division. So you have to get your points together to really make some damage in the division. So even if you win a match, say you win 5-2, that could hurt you moving down the line because somebody ahead of you may not lose 5-2. They may win 7 nothing every time. So mm -hmm. it is a little tricky at first, but once you get the hang of it, it's a little more easy to kind of comprehend nice and now where is your where do you guys bowl out of what's your uh, home alley 
The NGIC is in well, we're in Parkway Lanes in Elwood Park, so it's a nice little four and a half minute bus ride for us. It's nice and close, so all of our matches are there. That's oh, actually okay. the place we drove the other night, and you said it's so crowded. How crowded oh, it was? That's that's yeah, it. That's yeah. Right. Did you have a, did you have something there the other night by chance or no? We actually bowled yesterday. It was yesterday. Was it was yesterday, yeah. It was yesterday. Yeah. Oh, there were so many cars in the lot. You, just, you know, you're accustomed to not seeing cars in lots right yeah. now. So I was like, what's going on there? <laughs> we were we were actually lucky. We bowled at 2 o'clock yesterday because okay. both schools had off. So we okay. decided, you know what, let's get in. Let's get the match in, and then we'll go from there. So we kind of missed the craziness of it. But we were there early on yesterday. Once we left, it started to get a little crazy because everybody else started showing up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's 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 it. That's so it. Now the whole conference bowls at that at that spot. Actually, no. Okay. Our, our division does. Okay. There's, okay. There's three spots. Um, we're at Parkway. There's some at North Arlington, and there's some at Wallington. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's kind of spread out, especially with the new regulations. They spread out a little bit more this okay. year. Okay. Again, I was curious how that how okay. that would work. A couple yeah. comments for you. Uh, our guy Eddie Cisliano is asking, did he ever have a 300 bowler or anything close to a 300 bowler? I actually had a bowler bowl a 290 funny story we were bowling bergen catholic this was when i was coaching at st joe's okay and we were in the third game of the match we had to win it we're, we were neck and neck for the division and those matches you know how st joe's and bergen catholic are they, yep. if they play checkers you're you're fighting <laughs> yeah. but he this bowler was arguably the best average bowler that i've had since i've coached and he his first ball to match, he left a really ugly 10 pin and he was frustrated. And I'm like, listen, listen, relax. You're, you'll pick it up. He didn't miss the rest of the game and bowled the 290. So he, the kid absolutely dominated. It was probably the, the best string of performance that I've ever seen. So that's the closest. I, I've actually been on the opposite side of a 300 a couple of times, I think twice. Not fun to be on the opposite side, but, but cool to experience. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, you know, right. But that's, it's a little tricky situation. And another comment from uh, Coach Breslin saying, are they streaming the matches or are parents allowed in? Actually, it depends on the school. What I've been doing is I film it because my background as a television production teacher, I film it on my own and then I upload it for the kids to watch because I know that with the times and prior to Friday, there wasn't really anybody allowed in the bowling alley. So, I felt bad for the kids that their parents want to watch them bowl, so we take the liberty of, of filming our matches so they can watch them later on down the road. I usually upload it the next day or even later that night, depending on how long the match is editing purposes and whatnot. Okay. Nice. Um, I'm back up for him, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. uh, Nick, can you talk a little bit about the Garfield Bowling Program and where you eventually like want to take it? So this is my second year with the program. Last year, I took over a team that featured a couple of returners, nothing uh, crazy in terms of numbers. But for me, the, the main thing was coming in and setting a new kind of culture. Uh, anytime you, you come in, you want to adjust to the kids and have them buy into what you're saying. It kind of hit a little bit of a roadblock with COVID because after our season ended, there wasn't really much that you could tell these kids to do. It wasn't like you could say, oh, here's a summer league you could bowl in or here's some things you guys can do. We really didn't have that case. So heading into this year, I had two returning bowlers that were varsity members last year. And I have a roster of 10. So a lot of inexperience. The the thing for me is this this season, and I keep telling this, the student athletes this, is to just cherish the moment. I feel like we've got so lost in everything that's gone on. And we've lost out on so much to just have a season. To me, I, I'm, I'm extremely ex excited for it because, you know, I'm – you could take the 
like the coach out of you, but it, it drives you nuts when you're not doing what you love to do. So I just tell them, work to be better. We only had one practice before we even started. Wow. We had a practice, and the next day we had our first match. Wow. So we were limited, but we didn't let that get to us. And I tell the kids, use this as experience, use this as practice, because I only have two seniors. So coming back, looking to build toward next year, and I think that's the main thing for these games, whether we play all 12 or, you know, with the snow that we've had, we've been having postponements like crazy. But I yeah. think the main thing is to just keep building as we go along and, and have these kids buy in. And they've been doing a really good job of that. So you guys do two levels? You do a JV? There's no freshman level? No freshman level, just JV and varsity. Okay, now, so, like, how many, what's your numbers, roughly, on both levels? I have 10 total. Okay, I've but had... so seven are gonna, so seven are gonna bowl in a match. Does that well, you say that works, or will they all bowl in the match? You could do free substitutions, which okay. is great. After every game, you could sub in. Okay. So what I do is I make sure each kid bowls at least two games because okay. the experience is very important. I've had six bowlers bowl varsity this year. Um, it's like a revolving door. You know, you, you sub in the hot hand and you go from there because there is strategy to it. It's you know, if, if a bowler struggles, but somebody on JV does better, or somebody bowled in game one and, and sat out game two, but they were a little bit higher score-wise, you may make that adjustment. So I try to get everybody in. I know that the coaches in the league feel the same way because it's good for the development. I was just going to ask you that. Now, will you see a coach, though? Is there, like, a team where they're just bowling seven kids and, like, the other kids don't get a turn? Or usually does everyone who's going there going to bowl a game or two like you're saying that you do? In my experience, the coaches, especially in the NGIC, I feel like everybody's on the same page with me. You'll see uh, we do our shuffling of, of JV and varsity rosters between games, and I feel like everybody's in that same predicament because if you're looking at it, those kids that are sitting, they may be freshmen and sophomores, but they're going to be the bulk of your program in a year or two. So it's kind of a, a lose-lose if they don't get experience. Right. So I think for me and for everybody else in the league, you realize that, and at least if they get two out of the three games each – it makes a big difference moving forward because it's that experience that matters. Okay. Coach, you're a three-sport coach, so I'm going to kind of like shift gears a little bit to the spring. Uh, it's kind of a, a two-part question. So, and you're in a unique situation because you, I actually am trying to phrase this the correct way to make it clear. So you, volleyball got pushed, right? So you're coaching bowling. Volleyball was a fall sport. It got pushed to like a later, like winter, if I'm not mistaken, right? And then now, and you're also going to have freshman softball. So how, like, what's your possible overlap? That's the first question. What's that possible overlap for you in particular look like come this spring? <laughs> okay, so the overlap. He's going to be a busy guy. That's, <laughs> that's an overlap. <laughs> I'm going to just move into school, I think. It's going to be a matter of just moving there. But the overlap for bowling isn't so bad. It's going to be a week into volleyball season, which I'll have three matches the first week of March, and March 1st we can start volleyball practices. So it's going to be a little bit of an overlap there. For softball, it's going to be a little bit different. Volleyball goes from March 1st to April 15th, and I believe that if you make the sectionals, it goes a little later, and softball starts up April 1st. So I am going to be juggling a little bit, but our athletic department does a tremendous job. I got to give them a lot of credit. They they really put us in a position to succeed. And I've, I've already been stressing and they've been telling me, look, just <laughs> relax. It'll all work out. But you don't have games for volleyball, you coach softball and vice versa, and you will make it work. So there's always a helping hand to make it work. And, you know, also it makes it a lot easier having such great coaches around me that you work with 
because they're so understanding of what's going on. They understand that we're multi-sport coaches and things like that. Um, so it does take the burden off of it. Yes, we're going to be busy, but I think that the main thing to take out of this is that we're actually getting the seasons in and yep. you know, we'll do yeah. our best to get on the field for the kids and just yeah. have it happen. The um, I'll get to my second part. The uh, just thinking about the girls' volleyball team. You know, they they didn't miss their fall. You know, prior because COVID did after, but this year, they again they're going to get their season in as you said. But now they've had to wait. So I can only imagine they must be like chomping at the bit to actually get out there and, and play. Same with like wrestling hasn't yeah. even officially started mm-hmm. yet. You know that delay again. All positives are getting it in, but like you, the the will to want to get out there must. Have you noticed that in your your players? They have that anxiousness. <laughs> Absolutely, we actually had team meetings today to go over certain things with the girls about tryouts and things like that, and they're just anxious to get back on the court. Oh, Especially given that we lost in the state um, in the states in the first round against Fort Lee, which was a really good matchup last year, and I think still to this day the the girls that are returning they they remember that game. Like every time you hear the name Fort Lee come up, like the faces, they the eyes just light up because that's just the one that, you know, you want to redeem that. You don't want to yeah. sit on that loss for so long. So yeah, I think they're they're really excited for it. And I think that the possibility of playing now and then coming back in June or July for summer league yeah. like we normally do is such an enticing thing because yeah, we had to wait a little longer, but it's gonna be like a this might be like our spring training per se. That's true. That's a good point. Then you'll roll right into your yep. full season, hopefully. <laughs> couple, yeah, couple hopefully. comments. <laughs> couple comments from Kenny saying Parkway Lanes has been hosting high school bowling as far back as when we were in high school. Hats off to them. <laughs> Don't want to say what year that is. Ninety three, by the way. But uh, Kenny's also saying uh, Nick, best of luck this season, bud. And Coach Breslin is asking, saying, can you say anything during a bowling match, or you just have to watch as a coach? You you actually can talk during matches. You you see a lot of strategy come within um, from our coaches. We we're able to adjust and and say things to the kids. The only thing you can't do is show them video footage. Like I can't turn the camera off and and load up a, a situation where they're bowling and show them film. A lot of demonstration personally, or just showing them what they do different, what they can do differently, moving them spot wise on the on the lane. You know, there's a lot of adjustments that come into it. So, yeah, you can actually kind of coach during matches. It's not really frowned upon, which is good. It helps the kids a lot. I got one more. And again, since we go off agenda every time, I feel bad if we don't go off gender with uh, gender with you. And this was going to be one of the questions, I swear to God, I was going to ask. And then today when we did the agenda, I totally forgot about it. But, you know, bowling's a little different. It's not like... You know, like you're saying, there's a Garfield Little League and there's a Garfield Boys Club where you can go play basketball, junior boilermakers. So do you get kids that just come in in high school and are like, coach, I've never bowled. I want to bowl. Like, do you get that? And, you know, or do you get more of where it's somebody who's bowled on a, you know, an occasional, I went out with my friends and I bowled. Or do you have kids that have done it uh, younger, and if you do have a kid who just is like, "Coach, I've never bowled," you know, how is that to work with that kid? You know what I mean? I've like, had <laughs> the majority of like the the kids that, especially now, a lot of the kids that I get never bowled before. So I always tell them the experience isn't necessary because we'll teach you how to bowl. And I think every every kid is different. You know, it, it's a matter of the learning process and the curve, and you really have to see what kind of style fits bowlers best because if you watch the professional bowlers everybody wants to be jason belmonte 
Everybody wants the ball with two hands. Everybody wants to have that cool style of play, but it doesn't fit everybody. So you have to really find that niche for each bowler. Uh, last year, for example, I had two kids come out and never bowled before. And I, I hate to throw them on their bus, but they're two great stories. One, literally, and he'll tell you, struggled in tryouts and it was like i'm not gonna do this i don't want to i don't want it anymore i'm a senior why am i even gonna bother but i told him stick with the plan and we'll kind of groom you from there by the end of the season he was my second best bowler and he bowled a couple of 200 games and the other one same situation with a sophomore was really trying to find something to do in the winter and he just bowled his first 200 game the other day and, and now is awesome. my captain on the team so That's it's fantastic. it's a great thing and, and when you see those kind of stories come about it just it makes you feel good as a coach that you know, you help these these student athletes accomplish something in their their goal path that they put for themselves. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, that, that's nice to hear because I feel like there aren't always sports that kids can pick up in high school. Like, you're not going to go out for the basketball team as a freshman, you know? Like, you're just not going to be able to, like, pick up that sport. Right. I feel like I coached field hockey, and you know what? I could take a freshman and, like, teach them that sport. So, and I always felt the same way, like – you know, try it, give it a try. And I had a lot of similar situations where kids who'd never played before wound up being like captains for me, their senior year of high school. You know, it's, it's such a, that's really nice to hear because you never know what kid is going to connect with, with what sport. And the fact that they can maybe pick it up in high school is a really yeah. nice thing. And yeah. you just mentioned the two uh, players. Do you, can you, do you want to go over a couple, you know, recognize some of the kids on the team and some of the bowlers on, on your team now? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So my, my captains are Anthony Giordano, who's a junior, um, very talented young man. He's going to, and I say this all the time to him and he don't believe me, but I firmly believe by the time he's done with me as a senior, he's going to be one of the best bowlers in the NGIC if he's not already one. Um, he takes tremendous strides and really takes um, pride in what he does. Um, the other day, he was the bowler that bowled his first 200 game and, and the look on his face of the excitement and, and how pumped up he was it couldn't have happened to a better individual uh, the way he's taken a leadership role on this team and we have a lot of young faces and he's really stepped into the challenge to be that secondary kind of coach and help out and and encourage these kids to not really give up my other captain is a senior who i i made fun of the other day of not in a bad way but i said to her look you've been here longer than i have she's been there for four years this is my <laughs> second year because i came over from st joe's um her name is jade mayoro a uh, very good student athlete uh she really has taken strides over the last year and a half since i've coached her i see a lot of great things coming from <laughs> her and you know what she's in the same way another tremendous leader on my team and then i have a couple of other underclassmen that have really filled the void you know they're i've told them the the opportunity's there you, you know you want to be a varsity bowler you want to you know earn your letter the opportunity's there and go get it so between the two captains and a lot of the underclassmen, I'm starting to get a nice little core together. Nice, very nice. I'm going to switch gears a little bit. We've already um, discussed how busy you are just with your coaching, but you do a lot of um, podcasts and even um, you know writing with the Keeping It Heel and the Bronx Pinstripes. I was wondering if you just wanted to talk a little bit about um, you know some of your other writing endeavors that you're involved in. I get my fair share of uh, media stuff with Garfield too, because the athletics page, the Twitter and, and Instagram accounts, that's me running them. So I work very closely with Mr. Alfonso, our athletic director, Mr. Jufre, our assistant athletic director, uh, just trying to keep everybody up to date with what's going on with the Boilermakers sports teams. Um, 
he'll probably laugh at you, at you, Mr. Alfonso, if you tell him, but I, I'm checking the scores like crazy. I'm trying to see who's playing that day. I feel like I watch more Garfield uh, sports <laughs> than I do actual regular sports. So. <laughs> and, uh, and then oh, I'm sorry. What? Go ahead, Nick. So go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off because I was going to read a comment, but I'll wait. You can answer Jen's question. And then just off the, you know, doing my own thing, I do two podcasts. One's been a little idle lately, but I do my Pinstripe Talk podcast, which is all Yankee stuff. As you know, tomorrow's like my second Christmas with the Yankees coming back into town. So I have a, I actually have an episode coming out tomorrow for that, so I'm excited. Uh, and then I'm writing for Keeping the Heel, the Tar Heels basketball program. It's been a little bit of a struggle this year but it's been fun covering them and getting a lot of exposure looking at prospects and things like that so a lot of a lot of fun uh experiences yeah it's keeping me busy but i wouldn't trade it for the world because i love doing it it keeps me going yeah you know what like if you give any you know we used to have career day and and, you know in the school that i taught when i was in our our, our upper elementary your advice is you know find something you love and see if you can make that and the fact that you can you know i know you're a huge unc fan and uh the fact by the way about it is is phenomenal that's great i'm gonna break some other news here (laughs) and i showed jen but he has been our our by far our guest that has the best quote unquote victory dance because I did see that North Carolina <laughs> little dance you had going on there. This you know, after this after the Duke yeah. victory. <laughs> but Coach Breslin's also saying Mike Lepresti, head coach at Fairleigh Dickinson, has a great program if they're looking to bowl at the next level. Oh, nice. And then nice. I could be wrong, but one of our good friends um growing up in high school, Stan um Marzat, I don't know if he bowled a three hundred, but I know he bowled I want to say when I was in high school, so I think he was a junior, so probably in 90, uh, 1993. Um, I'm not sure if you know of who he was, but I know he was a big-time bowler in Garfield High School. I think I don't know if he did three, if he got a 300 or he was close to uh, 300 at the Garfield High School. Do you know of anyone who's, who's bowled 300 at Garfield? Here's where my kind of history, my Garfield history is going to come out. Um, Sam Mars, that's a Garfield Hall of Famer, Athletic Hall of Famer. He was just inducted for our last class. Very good bowler. I don't know if he ever hit 300. I don't, I don't know if he ever rolled a, a perfect I, game. I want to say but, it was close. He might have been close. Because I don't know he won. He might have won like athlete a week for it. I remember him doing something big. Our, my senior year was his junior year. He was a year younger. I think he had a really big county tournament. Maybe yeah, I think that's he dominated the county tournament. Maybe and he won the athlete of the week. But okay. he was incredible. Looking at some of the stats, when I, I was doing the research for the video that we put together, and just incredible. If you could find one bowler like him, you're, yeah. you're going to oh, be very oh, yeah. lucky. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> to go back to the comment, um, Coach Lepresti holds a, a tournament every year that um, I've been lucky to be a part of for the last couple of years, does an individual tournament and a team tournament. Uh, right before the holidays unfortunately we couldn't have it this year but a tremendous coach and does some really good demonstrations that i love to watch when we go and even when i'm not coaching i go and i try to check out the action because it's always a fun day it's at lodi lanes if you don't get there right at the start you're not parking anywhere within five blocks of the of the place and it's a uh it's a fun event and then also about the video my uh some of my bowlers got wind of my tiktok dance and they want to uh they wanted me to reenact it but it, it was it was only because they beat Duke. So <laughs> now, now, now Kenny Kirkpatrick, Kenny Kirkpatrick is breaking news, and he maybe you know I know some, sometimes Kenny when he gives me a story if it's true, but I do remember something. Is he's saying Kurt, our classmate Joe Pelissier did it. I was there. Awesome moment. So he's saying Joe Pelissier bowled a oh, three hundred. Nice, very nice. 
Um, I do remember Joe doing something. Again, I'm not 100% sure what it was. It was a couple of years ago. You know, <laughs> won't say how many, but it was a couple of 93. But I do remember Joe doing something. So he might have been. All right, Nick. Our next part with you is uh, he knows our what's rap- coming. I was gonna say he probably knows is our rapid fire round with you. So Kurt's gonna start. I had off. to switch up a couple questions because <laughs> we've got you in the past. But all right, question one is a two part question. Who do you want to be the Jets quarterback opening day this year? Oh, that okay. So I'll Keyword give you two part. Want want. <laughs> Okay, I'll give you two part. If they could get Deshaun Watson for the right price, Deshaun Watson, hands down. If they stick in the draft, Zach Wilson. Okay, who will be the starting quarterback opening day? Right now, who do you think it's going to be? The worst quarterback prospect you could ever possibly think of. They'll probably draft randomly in the sixth round and say, we're going to stick with Sam Darnold. So, (laughs) I'm sorry to be negative, but I just don't have... I know, you and your Jeff fans... (laughs) All I know is I kept saying that I'm envying the Jet fans. They're going to get Trevor Lawrence. And I just, I don't know. After that, who'd you beat? The Rams, right? Wasn't it the Rams? Yep, we beat the Rams. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Coach. Who's your favorite? I'm a huge NCAA basketball fan, so I I wanted to go the the NCAA route with you. Uh, Who's your favorite Tar Heel basketball player of all time? Oh, I got to go Jordan. But being that I didn't live to see the Jordan days, I've watched every Jordan game that you could possibly find on on video of him in Carolina. But if you had to go any player that I've watched, I would say Joe Barry. Okay. So this is going to be an interesting question. So give me your all-time starting five for UNC. Oof, that's a good one. (laughs) I would have to go – I would have to go Ty Lawson at the point. As much as I love Barry, I'd have to go Lawson. Give me Carter at the shooting guard just because I love Vince Carter. Uh, Jordan at the three. We'll go Hansborough at the four and Sean May at the five. Okay. Oh, wow. Nice. And ready for this? Are you taking Roy or are you going with Dean? <laughs> oh, that's you, – you, I got to go Roy. I got to stick with the loyalty. Okay. You know, I, it's, <laughs> I love, well, it's what he saw. Yeah, you know, course, it's what sure. he saw. I love the loyalty there. That's I love it. the um, I love the casual wear this year with the the college coaches, right? I love that Roy is rocking the, the like the light blue Jordans. Have you noticed his shoes? I I am envious of him because they post them every, every before every game. Yeah. I want his shoe collection, and yeah. he doesn't. If they lose, he throws them out. Oh, he doesn't wear up. them. Yeah, too funny. All right, ready <laughs> on a scale of one to ten. How much do you hate Duke? Can I go higher than ten? <laughs> I was hoping you would. <laughs> um, if we're going, if we're going ten, um, I would have to say fifty, and and that's only being nice because I'm sure that our athletic director's watching this and he's a Duke fan, so I gotta, I'll stick with fifty here. Have you been to a Duke UNC game? Not yet. That's on the bucket list. I was supposed okay. to go to a game this year. They were supposed to come to uh, Monmouth and they were yeah. supposed to play at Barclays, but. Okay. We actually went, we got tickets um, a couple years ago uh, when it was in the Barclays Center for the ACC tournament. And she's a huge, obviously, of Virginia alumni. And we went to go watch the uh, UVA was in the semifinal. And the other semifinal was Duke, Duke UNC. UNC. So and it was like, the next year. and then we, we saw them. The, yeah. Believe it or not, we've seen it Two, twice. Yeah, we've seen it that, twice. Yeah. So it was pretty, it was pretty it's cool. Awesome. Yeah. Pretty yeah. cool. I don't, I, I don't like to talk about Virginia right now. They I know, of, uh, I know. Handed it to us the other day. <laughs> don't worry, we got ours right back. Uh, yeah, they got Florida it last State, night from so. Florida State. So <laughs> it didn't last. But, but but you'll probably be you'll probably be rooting with her on Saturday night because it's 
Duke, 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 yeah. you, uh, Virginia, Duke. So you'll probably be pulling oh, yeah. for Virginia in that, right? A hundred percent. I, I would root for NC State against Duke at this point. <laughs> you know, I'll take, I'll take right. Virginia. Now, are you? I know I've always watched you on your podcast. Are you? Do you have like a um, a favorite NF, uh, NBA team? Actually, no. See. I'm kind of weird when it comes to the NBA. I'm a Kevin Durant fan. Okay. Um. So when Kevin Durant was at Durant, Texas, so, I, I became a huge KD fan. So um, let me ask and, you this because I, I'm i kind of in the same situation with you. With football, I'm a diehard Auburn fan. So the word is like, I hate Alabama, of course. But see, you keep saying Duke 1 to 10, how high can you go? But we were just talking about this the other night by saying Jerry Judy's a Bronco now. I don't care where we went. He's a Bronco now. So if you did have a, f- a favorite NBA team and say Grayson Allen, you know, those guys went to your team, would you still have that hatred or would it be like you're one of us now? It really depends on the player. I'm going to be completely honest with you. J.J. Redick, I couldn't stand him in college. I like him in the NBA. Can't He doesn't bother me. I like watching him play. Grayson Allen, I can't stand. Zion Williamson, I can't stand. R.J. Barrett, I can't stand. There's just certain guys. But if, um, you are a, but if you were a Pelican fan and you got Zion, you're going to tell me you wouldn't be like, I'm going to run out and get that Zion jersey? No, because I still can't stand him. And the only you, time I'm... I liked... The only time I liked Zion was when his shoe broke and we beat him in, in <laughs> yeah, Durham. Yeah, yeah, that was against yeah. you guys. The, uh, I'm totally with you on the Grayson Allen. I, if he comes to the Knicks, forget it. I cannot. I'll, I still will Not yell. me. Oh, Not yeah. me, Nick. I'll be out there. Come on, Grayson. Let's go, baby. All right, so my last rapid fire is you think I'm going to talk about food in Garfield. You just think I'm going to ask you the best pizza place. I'm not. I'm prepared tonight for you. Okay? I'm prepared for this one. I'm going to make it a little harder. I'm going to ask you four things, one word answers. So I'm in Garfield. I want to get this food. I want a burger. Where am I going? Oh, burger. Let's see. Has to be a Garfield place. See, usually when I go to burgers, I go to Smash Burger and Lodi or I go to Hot Grill, like things like that. Oh, man. Okay, you know what? I'll give give you Hot Grill or Smash Burger because that's, you know what? I'll give you Garfield or real close surrounding area. All right. Okay, sounds good to me. Okay, so now I want I want a slice of pizza. Where am I going? See, I go to, I go to Roses. I get Sicilian. That's the go to right You're there. You're not going to get any argument with that. Like that. <laughs> All right, I want a sandwich. I want a sub sandwich. Where am I going? I would say probably Roses too. They got some good sandwiches yes, over they there do. too. Yes, they do. And my last one. This was Jen's this morning. I want to get a nice North Jersey Garfield bagel in the morning. Where am I going? Ah, I go to Manhattan in Saddlebrook, so okay, that's where I get my bagels. So you're in Manhattan. It doesn't beat. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, it doesn't beat the Shore bagels though. Down the Shore bagels, by we have a house in Beach Haven West. Doesn't beat those bagels. It's like (laughs) I'm a fan of the bagel, the one by Roses. I don't remember the name of it. Um, you know what I'm talking about? The bagel place that's in. Oh yeah, I don't remember the name. Yeah, I don't know the name either, but that's one of my. uh, Favorite ones. All right. My last rapid fire for you, Coach Delhanty, is uh, your most used emoji on your phone. I would have to say it's probably the smiley face. Like the little, <laughs> no no teeth, just little. You know, that were the that, that are the blowing the kisses emoji because I send that to my mom all the time. She'll be like, good luck. And it's always just sending that to her. So between before matches. So usually it's that. So. And- 
And Those you know, two are the go-to. I got one more for him. What's we got to get the story behind? Who's the Duke fan in the family? I know your mom's with you with UNC, right? Okay, so this is actually a really good story. This is like a uh, this is like a feel-good story. So this is this is like breaking news for the show, and I'm glad that we can talk about this. So my sister was a Duke fan. It drove me nuts. I because I could have swore I saw a picture like house divided or family divided. And I remember her in a Duke shirt and Let you in your UNC. Let him tell the story. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, we did. Going, go, I'm I'm kind of big on TikTok. The main reason I'm on it is because I make fun of my sister on it. So last year for the Duke North Carolina game, we did a whole little trend where we turned her into a garbage can because she had her Duke stuff on. You know, they're very similar in nature. So she was getting tired of all the abuse, I guess, and she was like, "You know what? I really want to be on your side." So we kind of initiated her into into Tar Heel Nation. Ever when I started writing for Keeping It Heel, she kind of made the adjustment. So. She had a better sense of judgment there, I, I would say. <laughs> okay. So we didn't we didn't hold anything against her to, to bring her to the right side because our whole family is Tar Heel, except for her at the time. Because she liked JJ Reddick. Now that he's way gone, you know, she can she can make that jump. I can right. I can relate to her. I was a JJ Reddick fan myself. I'm I'm a UVA person, so uh, I I can relate. But I was a Duke fan before you know I knew I was going to be at UVA with the Bobby Hurley connection in New Jersey. I mean, uh, you know, it was and they were so good at that time, you know. So, uh, but yeah, no, the hatred is real now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I could totally relate to that because I watch Duke. If you go every time Duke loses, just go to didduquewin.com. It'll make oh, you very happy. I've never done that. <laughs> I'm going to be checking. I'm writing that one down. And you know, I'm going to give you a bonus. I'm going to give you a bonus. Rapid fire. The next UNC head coach will be Gerard Hayes, Stanford's coach. Okay. I think that he does such a good job recruiting the Carolina area and, and coach under Williams. If they don't stay in house with Kendall Marshall or Sean May, it's gonna be her, it's gonna be Hayes, I think. Who do you it think could change, the, but who do you think the next Duke coach would be? I think John Shire, if they stay in house, I think that he's really good at recruiting. They can go with him. Um outside it could be anybody because those blue bloods you know those coaches there'll be people chomping at the bits to get that job yeah. so it, it could be, be a, a it could be a mix of anyone there's going to be a lot of uh, alums who are current division one coaches yeah. i'm sure applying for that yeah. but do you think it'll be a duke guy like or do you you know do you think duke or even like unc do you think they're they'll go out of where it's like you know i mean i'm not going to use the word calipari but like a bigger name that has no ties to the score do you think it's going to be somebody who who would either play their coach there or that has ties to those schools for unc i think it's going to be a tie i think there's going to be there's so many coaches out there jerry stackhouse is out there uh hayes is out there like i mentioned you got may and, and marshall in-house so you got a bunch of people that they could go to i think there's going to be some type of relation to the program because i think they love that that tight knit kind of family feel and i think that all the players that played in the program understand that duke's a little bit more of a tricky situation because i think that if k doesn't leave within the next two to three years shire gets a head coaching job elsewhere else, yep yeah. so if he goes elsewhere i think that they go with the the best possible option and i think duke is a little more willing to go outside of house because they know how big of a program they are and they're looking for the best kind of recruiter to bring in the top talent but i think both are going to be a very interesting uh, scenario. I think Williams has four years left. I say this all the time. I think that we got three to four years left of Roy Williams. He's he's pushing seven. He's a, a little over seventy now. Uh, I think Kay leaves before Williams does. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, Coach, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure to have with you and talk about all things sports. Absolutely, really. <laughs> absolutely. And I'm sure we will be uh, cut, touching base with you again in the in, as the spring rolls around. Yes, with and we could obviously season. cover a little more bowling of yeah, the bowling of course, with you guys absolutely. and stuff like yeah. that. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. And I have to say, I was listening to the show before. I love not only do I love the new gear that you're you're getting together, but I also love the St. Joe's Hackensack talk. You know, oh yeah, uh, yeah, the, the Green Knight alum here. So That's it. I love that too. So. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Coach, and good luck the rest of the yes. Way good luck, season. and we'll stay in touch. Absolutely. Thank you guys very much. Take care. Thanks, Coach. Okay, so it's Coach Delahanty yep. from Garfield. Yep. Multiple sport. Coach. Yes, yep. multiple sport coach does a great job. Yep, yep. Again, you know what? Two again, another two great coaches tonight do a nice job with their programs, and again, positive influence on on their student athletes, which is what it's all about. I'm waiting for Kenny. He's supposed to be sending me a, a, a um, rank five, right. so we'll give him another minute. Um, but again, um, Coach uh, Sis is saying nice show. Oh, thank so anytime you, Coach Sis says it's a nice show, we've done a. Uh, had a productive night. Well, while we're while we're waiting for Kenny's top five, if you know if we don't get him, we can do him next week. Just a really quick recap of some of the the teams we've awesome. had on that are currently playing. So we've had quite a few girls basketball programs. So um, Saddlebrook uh, opened up on February thirteenth. They've only had one game, so I don't know if it's weather, COVID things, but they did uh, have a tough opener uh, opening loss. Montville girls basketball is five and three. Um, they lost to Sparta, very good. Three losses to very good teams. To a good Sparta team who knocked them with their sole loss in their 27-1 and season last year. And back-to-back seven-point losses to an undefeated Pope John team. Just crazy Ma- schedule. Yeah. You know, oh, like yeah. tough schedule. Yeah, tough schedule. Uh, Mount St. Dominic's off to a good 5-3 uh, and three opening. Uh, lost to Crosstown rivals uh, West Essex and Caldwell. West Essex girls basketball went up that notch in their conference. They're 4-4 four and four holding their own and uh, Lodi's hoping to maybe notch their first victory tomorrow night against Manchester. So that's some of our uh, some of our girls programs that we've highlighted so far this year and how they're, how they're faring so far this awesome. season. Awesome. And uh, uh, Kenny did get his Frank 5 in. Okay. Rank these five sports apparel companies. Nike, Under Armour, Champion, it's not Stater, it's Starter, but um, and Russell. Mm, interesting. Okay. Who? Uh, I'm actually gonna go like. <laughs> Me too. Kenny's order. <laughs> yeah. That's how I'm gonna go. I, know. I am. Yeah. Yep. That order for sure. You know what? I might switch Starter. Oh my god! I was gonna say the same thing. And I Russell? might switch Starter. No, oh, and Champion. champion. Oh, I was gonna yeah. switch them on the. Uh, bottom, so I'm actually. gonna go Nike, no Under Armour, Starter, Champion, Russell. You know what's funny is like champion when we were in high school was the thing was the thing right? right it was thick like the thick panels down the side the crazy colors yeah and they've totally made a resurgence they have total like rebrand yep. but they've totally made a resurgence so um and when yeah. i think of starter i, I think of the starter through. jackets like we yeah. had the bronco well, and nick jackets and you and know that's like I that's to put them last i was never a fan of that of oh this. i love I that know. i want to get myself one actually <laughs> the shiny satin uh jackets mm-hmm. but uh great show tonight yes. again um, tomorrow night, Thank please. Thank you for the top five, Kenny. That, that ranked five. That was good. Yes. That was very good. Um, again, tomorrow night, um, our K&K sports show slash Briggsy on sports tomorrow night. Um, tribute to our uh, our great friend, Michael Briggs. Yes. Um, eight o'clock tomorrow, we're going to do, dedicating the whole show to him. Um, if people want to call in, call in. Um, you'll join the panel, you know, myself, uh, Bobby Blackjack, obviously Kenny, obviously Sis, 
um, will be on the show. Um, but you know, we're uh, we're doing this for Briggs because, like you said, um, you know, he was the first one for the All In. Myself and him, we did coach Santa Croach, and um, you know, we'll get into more of the stuff with the KK and the Briggsy tomorrow. But uh, please, everybody, check that out. Uh, I'll be posting up a picture a little bit to get that out, and uh, it's going to be a special show tomorrow night. That's all I'm going to say. It'll be a very uh, special show. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we will see you next week. See you guys next week.